welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Boys, welcome to Week 10. And my goodness, we just finished watching the College Football Playoff Selection Show. Just before we get into anything, initial thoughts. We're living in the SEC's world, man. This, this is crazy times for college football. Alabama coming in at number two over couple undefeated Power 5 teams, an undefeated Cincinnati with a top 10 win. Who's Alabama beat this year? Ole Miss? Maybe their biggest win? Yeah, and, and the Tennessee game last week even, it was a game. It was a game in the third quarter. I, I just don't understand. And then Mississippi State at 17. I mean, come on. Yeah, the Mississippi State one is the one that grinds my gears the hardest. I am upset with that. Uh, my initial thoughts, uh, ESPN, let's uh, let's make this thing go a lot faster, okay? I don't want to wait 10 minutes after the show starts to figure out who's ranked, okay? That's my initial thoughts. Also, I'm a little upset about what's going on with the group of five, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, so uh, let's jump into our surprises. Uh, Cole, we'll start with you. What surprised you the most this week? All right, so from this past weekend, the University of Pitt, okay, what happened? You guys lost at home to unranked Miami, 38-34. to You guys have a real shot at winning the ACC, and this is not a game you want to lose at this point in the season, especially when you're in contention to get a New Year's Six Bowl berth, and Kenny Pickett was like a Heisman Trophy like a sleeper going into this past weekend. Uh, not anymore, so that was a huge shocker for me. Actually, I just realized uh, we can actually play our audio for the surprise picks this week, so I'm going to play that real quick. Let's go. And, uh, let's give it a shot. Surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. See, now it just feels right having that. Hayden, what surprised it, you? I, something was missing for so long, and it's like music to my ears hearing Cousin Eddie. <laughs> ASU <laughs> played with no passion, and that surprised me. That despite being in the thick of things in the Pac-12 South, getting a gift last week on the bye week, UCLA losing to Oregon, Utah losing to Oregon State, everything that needed to happen to get ASU back in the thick of things in the South happened. And what did they do? They came out and played the most uninspired performance I've seen in years and easily was the worst game, I think it's safe to say, in the Herm Edwards era. They got absolutely embarrassed by a coachless Washington State team as a 16-point favorite coming off of a bye on homecoming week. Uh, It was really I mean, that is disgusting. The score was 34-21, but we all know that did not indicate how bad ASU got beat. And get this, this stat. ASU was outscored 56-7 to in the final two quarters of Utah in the first half of Washington State. That is pathetic. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and it go ties into my surprise, which is the clunkers in the Pac-12. Whoa, We're going to break out clunkers again. Back. UCLA, ASU, Oregon State, Stanford, oh, a bunch of teams that looked very promising at a certain point this season just had very uninspiring games. More for me on Oregon State later because you just know I have to, and I'm sure we'll get more from you about ASU. Um, and with that, let's let's jump into our Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I better eat my Wheaties. All right, uh, Cole, who was eating their Wheaties in the Pac-12 this week? You know, Hayden, when we were walking back from class yesterday, you said I was going to pick a guy. And you're absolutely right. Jaden Delora had a game, maybe not of his life, but he had a game this past weekend against ASU. 17 of 27, two passing touchdowns, one touchdown uh, rushing. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys see that, like, double pump 
throw touchdown Beautiful. this past weekend. That was a nice throw. Bro, he looks good, okay? And so Jaden Delora is legit. He doesn't need Rolo there. And honestly, I'm happy saying that. Go Delora, go Wazoo. He was eating some Hawaiian boxes of Wheaties. You know, I'm going to stop you right there, Cole. I thought Delora got bailed out by ASU's defense the whole game. I don't think, or offense the whole game. He was given the ball in prime situations. ASU beat themselves that game. It could have been, could have been uh, Plummer. Who, the, who does U of A Will have? Plummer, it could have yeah. been Will Plummer back there. They would have had 30 points that game. Once again, somebody's got to throw that ball. And I could have. <laughs> but I'll, I'll talk about mine. Anthony Brown, 21, 25 of 31, 307 yards, three touchdowns. It was against Colorado, yes, but Anthony Brown finally having the type of game the Ducks have been expecting him to have. He was eating his Wheaties for sure this week. Just want to go back to Colt's pick. That was If there was an unsurprise of the week, that would have been my unsurprise. So shout out, Dad. He called it. Hi, Dad. He, he, had, you, he had you picking that game. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Weber. Mr. Weber, yes. Utah running back Tavion Thomas. This guy got off to a terrible start to the year. He had two fumbles in his first two games, but he's really taken control in a crowded backfield. You have TJ Pledger, the Oklahoma transfer, Chris Curry, the LSU transfer, and he's he stood out amongst all of them. Had 160 yards on the ground and four touchdowns, averaging nearly seven yards per carry, and was a big part of, uh, of Utah's performance that got them in sole possession of the Pac-12 South. So Yeah. The Utes are, I think, by no means the best team in the Pac. They're not even close to the best team in the Pac-12 South, but they're probably going to skate away with a, a relatively easy South championship. Yeah, I mean, staying in your corner, Hayden, who was eating the Fruit Loops this week? Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee Ooh. had a very disappointing performance, easily the worst game of his young career. Yeah. He did complete 66% of his passes for 194 yards, but no touchdowns, and he was responsible for three turnovers, two picks, and a fumble. He still has a bright future. I don't think this is, you know, a, an eye-opener by any means. Washington does have a... It's a clunker. A, it is a clunker, <laughs> yes. This is, uh, this is the clunker uh, in and of itself. So, uh, disappointing performance, but I th- expect him to bounce back. Colt, who's eating their Fruit Loops? Guys, you eat cereal with a spoon. Now, when you use your hands to eat the cereal, your hands get all moist, and you start dropping the football. And what game am I referring to? I'm referring to ASU's gloves... Okay, because I think they were eating the, their cereal with their gloves because they were dropping everything. Three fumbles lost between Brian Thompson, Daniel Nagata, and Chip Trainum. Five turnovers throughout this whole game. What an absolute clunker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we keep using the word clunker, but th- there's no other way to describe it. Colt didn't even have that in his vocabulary until a week ago, and now it's, you know, it's the only word we're saying. Um, my team that was eating their Fruit Loops is Oregon State in the first quarter. Uh, for the last five games. Oregon State in the first quarter in the last five games has been outscored 38-14, to 14, and if each of their last five games ended in the first quarter, their record during those games would be 0-3 and three with two ties. And if you're starting off that bad, it's a miracle Oregon State won any games during that stretch when they've set themselves up so horribly to start the game, and it's the reason they lost to Cal. So... Uh, they were all eating the Fruit Loops. I don't know what to say. You just it, Colt's weird analogy with the hands. Oregon State might have been doing that. They might have been eating it with a fork. You can't even oh. get. They didn't even get Fruit Loops. That's so, true. You know it shows. That's how you lose to Cal. Um, but let's jump ahead to the big picture. Playoff rankings. We touched on them a little earlier. Um, I mean, any lasting thoughts? I know. I know we were all had some pretty hot takes there. The one I'll say is UTSA undefeated. They have a win over Memphis. Mississippi State, who's ranked 17th, has a loss versus Memphis. With, and they have three losses. Disgusting. That's the only <laughs> way you can 
describe it. And it's just so blatantly obvious that there is an agenda here. And the SEC is basically the Premier League now. Yeah. And it's, it's like Oklahoma I said, Texas. it's, it's at the SEC's world and we're all living in it. So if you're going to, the CFP is going to continue to do this, just have the SEC play in their own league. If that's all that everyone cares about, let everyone else get a fair shake at it. Yep, seven out of the 14 SEC teams, literally half the conference is in the rankings. I'm surprised Florida wasn't in there. I mean, might as well throw in Vandy at this point. It's getting <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. And teams like Houston, like, like you said, UTSA. Yeah, one for the little guy. What, you know? what is going on? Louisiana's ranked in the AP poll. I mean, come on now. Okay, Mississippi State, they should not be in there. Minnesota should not be in there as well. Um, they lost to Bowling Green. Okay, that's not that's not good. If Cincinnati would have lost to Bowling Green, they wouldn't even be in this top twenty-five. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's get rid of that that whole narrative with the SEC. It's dumb, and uh, it, needs, it needs to it needs to end. I agree. I agree. Um, but you know what? We're at that point in the season where you're starting to see how teams' seasons are shaping out, and uh, we're starting to see whether a team is having an, an overwhelming season or an underwhelming season. So in honor of that, let's talk about one team that is overwhelmed us to this point let's start positive let's because that was a bit of a negative note um Cole who's a team that's overwhelmed you this season because how good they've been guys like Wake Forest I mean this was not even a team that I even thought about before the season started I forgot they even had a football team and <laughs> Wake Forest comes out and look at them number nine in the first rankings I mean where'd these guys come from okay they're gonna have a little bit of a tough stretch down the road they still got to play at North Carolina versus NC State at Clemson at Boston College that's three out of the four last games on the road and so they're really gonna have to prove themselves but you know what if these guys go undefeated I would love to see them in the playoff America's team Let's America's go. team Hayden Michigan State ESPN FBI predicted them at six and six heading into the season this is a program that was trending in, I think, the wrong direction. I think it's safe to say after Mark D'Antonio stepped yeah. down. Get this. They went to the inaugural – I think they went to the playoff in 15, not 14. They Correct. went to the playoff in 2015, and they lost 38 nothing to Alabama. And between that year and 2020, they were 29 and 29. That's not good. And they're currently 8-0. They've got a top-five team. The emergence of Kenneth Walker has been really uh, something what, to watch. What a beast. He's what an absolute so animal. good. He uh, should be a Heisman finalist. And then Mel Tucker was a risky hire from Colorado that turned out to be a home run. And he's probably a front runner for Coach of the Year. So East Lansing's rocking right now. And props to uh, Coach Tucker and the Spartans. Yeah, ditto. Ditto with that. But I'm going to say Utah State. Utah State, I think the record is 7-2 and two right now. It's a surprising pick, I know, but wow. I figured Wake Forest and Michigan State would be teams that would get touched. But the only reason I say this is because Gary Anderson went to that program, and he wrecked Oregon State. He goes to Utah State a year removed from Jordan Love. They go 7-6 and six and lose a bowl game. The year after that, he's already got them 0-3 to start the year. They fire him. They get off the Gary Anderson train quickly. They're having a good year. They could get a pretty dang good bowl game by their standards. And uh, kudos to Utah State. They they overwhelmed me and surprised me because I, I thought he was going to wreck their program for at least another year because <laughs> Oregon State, the year after, only won one game. Oh. So uh, underwhelming, I'll go first. Um, I, I've decided I'm going to say Nebraska, and it's because I, I feel like I clown Nebraska a lot outside of this show. I have a few teams written down here. I feel like there's a lot of teams that disappointed. Yeah. But Nebra what is Nebraska doing? What are they doing? Three and six? Mm -hmm. Scott Frost is, is just uh, – what? It's going on. Why does he still have a job? I just, 
I just don't know. Because Nebraska fans are still, they have this connection with Scott Frost from the days when he was the quarterback for Tom Osborne, and they were one of the great dynasties of the late 90s. They were there with Tennessee and Miami. They were, you know, ASU beat them when they were number one here, and that was the biggest win in program history. Yeah. And playing Nebraska back in the day was very similar to playing, like, Clemson or Alabama in their prime. Yeah, but that's days. the 90s. I mean, Scott Frost, we're in 2021, bro. I don't you disagree with you. You Wake up. I don't disagree with you, but I think one thing is – is clear is that it's it's tough to recruit Nebraska. It's so tough to recruit Nebraska. So they if you figure Scott Frost can't do it, who's going to do it? I mean, you why know? is Nebraska tough to recruit, though? How does Iowa figure it out? I mean, I, I, I never heard anyone say, I want to go to <laughs> Iowa for the weekend. Iowa has better corn. I've been saying this for decades, my, my whole okay. life. <laughs> so if Nebraska fixes the corn situation, their team will be better. They're just the corn huskers. They're not the corn producers. Dude, those are probably fighting oh, words. If you go to Nebraska right. and say your corn is subpar, you're probably getting Yeah, they love probably corn. They are crazy about corn there. <laughs> okay, who, who underwhelmed you, Colt? Um, North Carolina. Okay, their uniforms are beautiful, but man, their team is just so underwhelming. Sam Howell came into the season as a Heisman Trophy, you know, potential top three finisher. And he's not anymore. Mac Brown, the experience that he had, the the momentum that they were carrying from last season. Yeah. Now they're four and four in a conference that is trash. I mean, Clemson is bad this year. Maybe this could have been the year that North Carolina broke through, and they won't even make the ACC championship right now. And so, what an absolute bust for North Carolina. But I love the uniforms. Yeah. Boo, North Carolina. Hayden. Cole obviously was copying off my paper. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I got you. I got you. How can we not mention Clemson? Though? Yeah, there Clemson we go. was the number two team in the country, and they were coming off of some of the best years in their pro- probably the best years in their program's history. We're all sitting here thinking, man, Alabama, Clemson, everybody else, yeah, and they're five and three and have one of the worst offenses Literally, in the power five, yeah, in the country. DJ Uyunglele is. Not what we thought he was. I would and rather it, take Jason Bean from Kansas. Something. At this point. Something. <laughs> I mean, just, I don't know how that happens, how you go from so high and now they're, they're leveling out. But I think that's, that's an easy pick. I mean, easy explanation is those last four years were just a fluke. They got lucky like 40 <laughs> times. Mickey Mouse championship. Yeah. Mickey Mouse. Um, but yeah. Beat Alabama twice. We got, we, got some, <laughs> we got some week six picks ahead of us. A um, few interesting games in here. Let's start with the ranked matchup. Number 12, Auburn. Hayden, good pick last week. On the road versus number 13, Texas A&M. Hayden, you're the Auburn lover at this point, so uh, what happens in this game? The War Eagles, man. They surprise me every week. Um, these are two teams with a lot of momentum. Texas A&M, Auburn. I think they're both on like three-game winning streaks, I think is what it is. Yeah. Two programs in very similar spots. Texas A&M, their defense is great. Number four in the SEC. Their only bad game was against a, a great Alabama team. And then Auburn. Their offense is a little inconsistent, but their defense is right there with Texas A&M's. Auburn has never lost at Kyle Field. I, and they've played several times there, and wow. I, I, I didn't know that stat. But Auburn is six or five and six all time against Texas A&M, so that must mean Texas A&M is undefeated at Auburn or, or something weird. But I'm going to take Auburn. I just think they're a better team, and 
I think defense travels well, and they're going to force some big turnovers, and Zach Calzada comes back down to earth. All right, Colt? I liked how Auburn looked last week against Ole Miss, and because of that, I'm taking Auburn to get the upset at Texas A&M this weekend. I know Texas A&M is favored by 4.5, but I honestly think that Auburn is going to make this push to be actually ranked really high when they play Bama, and I think Auburn will actually get a New Year's Six Bowl spot. When it's all said and done, I'm going to take Auburn in this one. That was a hot take, Colt. Um, better than your Washington State pick, at least. <laughs> They're still going to be second in the North. Wazoo <laughs> will be. Uh, but I actually, I think at Kyle Field, I didn't know that stat, but I think they've probably fluked their way uh, to this point with that stat. Kyle Field is a tough, tough place to play. Brutal. Just ask Bama. Uh, I think Texas A&M wins this game, and they get that sweep versus the Bama schools that I imagine they have not done in a while. Maybe they did it when, uh, no, because if Auburn hasn't lost there, they've never done it. Right. So I say they do that for the first time. And Next, that streak ended. Um, that number 19 in the AP poll. Yeah, it did end. It did end. Auburn Finally. ended it. Auburn yeah. broke that streak. Good for them. But now uh, the college football uh, streak starts. The oh. playoffs streak because they just – Kentucky's ranked number 18 now. <laughs> Next we have uh, college game day, number 16, Texas San Antonio at Texas El Paso. It's actually not college game day. Should have been. <laughs> but it should have been. What? They picked Tulsa, Cincinnati. Which is not even, like, what? Like, maybe they knew that Texas San Antonio wasn't going to be ranked or something, and that's why they were like, ah, we'll just go to Cincinnati for the weekend. Oh, by the way, I just realized all my rankings are outdated because I did them before the playoff drop. But anyways, UTSA <laughs> at UTEP. UTSA, hammer them. I mean, they've got to be pissed. They're not even in this rankings. If you look at the AP poll, they're 16. If you look at the coaches poll, they're 18. They're going to come out firing all, on all cylinders, I think they're going to hammer UTEP. I think Texas San Antonio is actually a way better team. They have that significant win over Memphis, in my opinion. And, yeah, UTSA, the most um, disrespected team in college football right now. I'll double down. I think UTSA plays with a chip on their shoulder. Gets and they it. just extended their coach through, like, 2031 or yeah. something like that. Ten years, I think $28 million. Yeah, wow. So Hayden. there goes trailer to Texas Tech. UTEP's defense, people sleep on them. They've allowed 16 points per game, but their offense is putrid, 24 points per game against pretty bad competition. So I'm going to take UCA to, UTSA to cover. Hey, Roadrunner up. I don't know if Go Meeps. Like Go Meeps. Meep, meep. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tulsa at now number six, Cincinnati Colt. This is college game day. Who do you have? Uh, Tulsa won't even be in this game. Okay. Cincinnati's going to hammer Tulsa. Cincinnati, they should be feeling so slighted as well. I believe this team is a playoff team. They should be in the top four. Fine, whatever. Cincinnati's going to prove it this weekend. Hayden? It's got to be deflating for them, don't you think? Because they're sitting there at six, and you kind of just get the sense the college football playoff committee sent a message that look as long as we're in this format from the top rope we're not we're not getting group of five teams in there so that sucks for them but they can't afford any more close losses if they even want a chance back-to-back underwhelming performances against navy and tulane Oof. so i think cincinnati is going to destroy tulsa come out with a convincing win in a big game in prime time. Low-key, uh, don't sleep on Tulsa in this game. However, Cincinnati is my pick, but don't sleep. They, they took Ohio State to the wire. I'm just People saying. Forget. I'm sleeping. All right, Colts, Colts taking a nap over there. <laughs> Next we've got, uh, what's this trophy called? It's the Army Air the Force? The Commander-in-Chief trophy. Oh, is, okay. Well, the, I think is what it's it is. between all three schools, though. Navy, Army, yeah, yeah, yeah. Air Force. You have to win Force. two out of three. What happens when they do it's a round It's like the round MacGuffin. So it, whoever... it, it is like the MacGuffin. So anyways, Army versus Air Force. 
Air Force leads all time pretty convincingly, 37 to 17. Nice. Don't know if that is relevant to this particular year. Army won the last game. But I think the story of this game is going to be Army, who has the number two uh, rushing offense in the country versus Air Force, who has the number 13 rushing defense Ooh. in the country. So you're going to have the, you know, the proverbial uh, immovable object and then the object that can't be stopped. So I think Army is not going to win this game. Oh! <laughs> the switcher. Air Force shuts down the triple option. They held Navy to like three points and around 100 yards earlier this year, and they run a very complex offense. So I'm going to take the Falcons. All right. Colt? Hayden, I'm going with the Mountain West team. This is a program that I've been tracking because they're they're doing good on their side in the Mountain. Uh, they only lost by six to San Diego State this past weekend, and they don't have a bad loss, whereas Army has you know consistently some bad losses. Ball Air Force State. already has that <laughs> win against Navy. So they're already up one nothing in this Commander-in-Chief trophy saga. Um, yeah, if they all tie, I don't know what they do. Cut it in half or three ways. <laughs> Thirds, probably. Yeah. Uh, both these teams have been pretty good in the past few years in recent memory. Um... Air Force had that really impressive bowl win over Washington State. And so I'm going to pick Army to not allow Air Force to win. <laughs> I'm picking Army. <laughs> Anyways, uh, time for some upset picks. Uh, I'll go first, probably. Might be one of the hotter takes here. I got Liberty. Liberty's beating Ole Miss this week. Okay. It's wow. a tough out-of-conference game, a rare tough out-of-conference game late in the season for the SEC. But did you see Lane Kiffin in that game against Auburn? My man looked depressed. Yes. He was hands in his face. He like he was bright red the whole game. It's the most stressed out I've ever seen him. I, could Ole Miss be be stumbling down the stretch here? I don't know. But I, I've got Liberty winning. It's such a trap game, and it's Hugh Freeze coming back yes, to sir. Ole Miss. Yeah, that's oh my oh, gosh. Could get nasty for the Ole Miss crowd. You know they they like to talk about how Tennessee was nasty, but they could get <laughs> nasty the other way. You know, I was tempted to take North Carolina over Wake Forest, but North Carolina is actually the betting favorite. Oh. So I, I don't consider that an upset. Fair enough. So I'm going to take Stanford over Utah, helping their buddies out here in ASU. We got uh, UCLA wasn't able to do it, so I think Stanford does it. Utah uh, might be, you know, overlooking this game. They think they've got, a you know, an easy path to the Pac-12 South, and Stanford catches them napping. Tanner McKee bounces back. Tavion Thomas uh, gets a case of the fumbles. And just like that, the Pac-12 South is wide open again. Let's do it. A little bit of a bold take here. I've got Purdue beating Michigan State this weekend. Michigan State's only favored by three in this. Uh, Purdue has proven this season that they can beat a quality opponent, and they have, and I think they can do it again. This is consistently a team that will, you know, surprise you, and and at any time they can get hot. And so I think they'll beat Michigan State, who I think kind of had a fluky win last weekend because I thought Michigan was the better team. And it wasn't because you had money on Michigan. (laughs) That is is true. Let's keep it in Colt's corner. Colt, give us one for the little guy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this week, it just kind of all fell into place (laughs) about, like, 20 minutes ago when the rankings dropped. Cincinnati, okay, they're number six in the playoff rankings right now behind Ohio State, whose only ranked win is against Minnesota, who I believe shouldn't even be ranked. I don't think their wins against uh, Penn State and Maryland should be even relevant at this point. And Cincinnati has a top 10 win with a win against Notre Dame. And so what it tells me is that if Cincinnati were in the Big 12 already this year, they'd be, you know, in that top four. If Cincinnati, you know, was a power five score, they had that name, Ohio State, they'd be ranked higher. 
And what the problem is, is yeah, you can say it's only one spot, but the problem is precedent. When Boise State in 2006 beat Oklahoma, it opened the doors for people to realize that, hey, having the group of five team in, they're a legit team. It, it, it's not something to sleep on. It opened the door for Hawaii. It opened the door for Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, TCU, Houston, programs like that. And so the Cincinnati team kind of reminds me of UCF, where they had a good year for like you know their first year, and then the following yep. year UCF kind of followed it up with a pretty good regular season. And look, if you look at this current ranking, Cincinnati opened at number seven last year, and then they finished eight. This year they're opening up at number six. Uh, they'll probably finish at number seven now. I just don't see a path for them to get in now that they're constantly just behind a Big Ten team who doesn't have a significant win. That's a very, very passionate cold. I raise you one 2007 Sugar Bowl. Ending score, Georgia 41, Hawaii 10. <laughs> you know, that, that was disappointing, but... You, you got to look at the Boise States of the world. You got to look at UCFs. Yeah, fair enough. And Houston, TCU. It, it, you need to put them in to see what happens. If you don't give them a shot, you'll never see what the outcome could be. Fair enough. I mean, uh, very valid points. Uh, it leaks into the Pac-12 section a little bit. The little guy does. I just thought we'd talk about it because we had a lot in the national segment. But the CUSA, it looks like they saved themselves this weekend. They they got Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston State all likely to join. That's a super conference. That's not even fair. That's <laughs> not even fair. I mean, Liberty, I like. Uh, honestly, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State are bigger than New Mexico State. New Mexico Liberty's going to run that conference. Did you guys see the FCS rankings this weekend? Sam, Sam Houston, Houston State. State. Yeah, I saw They're that. Number one? Number one. Mm. Seven and zero. Oh. All 27 first place votes ahead of uh, North Dakota State. Is there like an SEC of the FCS that like always is? I think the Big Sky is traditionally pretty good. Really? And then the one uh, North Dakota's in. The North they got like North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Yeah, that yeah, one's yeah, pretty yeah. Good They're pretty talented. But to kind of go off on a tangent though, like it kind of doesn't really matter about your conference in the FCS because yeah, like it's like a 2014 playoff right, because of their playoff system. Yeah, it's an awesome playoff system. Open it up. Do that in the FBS. Yeah, soft. But anyways, this is a Pac-12 show. Let's get to some Pac-12 picks. Um, first one, Utah at Stanford. Hayden, we know your pick. Colt? Utah at Stanford. Uh, give me Utah, okay? This is a team that smacked UCLA this weekend. They looked good. And, yeah, give me Utah. All right, yeah, you know, it's a Friday night game at Stanford. And I have faith in Utah's uh, home field advantage. I, I was doubting it going to that ASU game. In the second half, I really saw it take effect. And then we saw it take effect the other night. Utah smacked around UCLA. I am a fan of also Utah not winning on the road because I saw in the Oregon State game, Oregon State slapped around Utah. So I think Utah gets slapped around again. Who's getting slapped Lots here, of bud. slapping going on. <laughs> Give me Stanford in a Friday night game. It's Holy a, cow. It's a weird game. Weird stuff will happen. Next game, Oregon State at Colorado. Can the Beavs win on the road? Hayden? I'm actually really tempted to pick the upset here because you had Brendan Lewis – last week and brendan rice both looking really good against oregon against oregon true and um so they're kind of hitting a stride on offense but then they gave up like 50 points and and then oregon state right they're you've mentioned it before they're a different team on the road one and three home away from reezer stadium i think is what it's called yeah reezer's okay. <laughs> salsa tastes delicious <laughs> um and then Chance Nolan is mis very mistake-prone. Two more interceptions against Cal. Seven on the season might not be the answer for them going forward. But I just I can't pick Colorado. I feel like that's going to come back to bite me. 
Yeah. So I think the Beavs are going to find a way to get it done in a very ugly game. Cole, you have a bad track record in Colorado games, so pick wisely. I do. Um, But what I learned from last week was that Vegas is right. I was wondering why the Oregon State-Cal spread was so close when we did this podcast last week, Tuesday. And then I realized, okay, that's why. But I do think that Oregon State's going to have a bounce-back game. I think they're going to toss around Colorado a little bit, and I think Oregon State's going to hammer. You know, it's a road game. It's in Boulder. And like you said, Brennan Lewis and Brendan Rice really got it going. I just think Oregon State has just got some road blues. And I think those road blues are going to come into effect. I've got Colorado winning at home in this game. But watch out the second the Beavs get back into Research Stadium because they've got back-to-back home games versus Stanford and ASU after this game. But I am picking Colorado for this week. It was just ugly versus Cal. Just ugly. We have another slow start. It's going to be tough. What's your Oregon State stat when you pick them? My Oregon State stat? Yeah, there's a specific oh, Oregon stat State you have. is undefeated when I pick against them this year. That's unrelated to this <laughs> pick, though. Um, <laughs> Reverse psychology. No, no, it has to be legit in order for it to work. So yeah, Colorado wins. Uh, next we've got USC at Arizona State. We're all going to be in attendance at this game, yeah. and we can only pray to God that it's not going to be like last week. I actually think this is the perfect opponent for ASU right now because USC. Obviously, very sad situation. They just lost Drake London for the season. Oh, that it, it is the worst. That is to, the worst. Yeah, that was just a, a killer blow for them. And then Jackson Darter, Keaton Slovis, who are we going to get? They have quarterback controversy there. I think ASU will come out inspired in this game, which was clearly not the case against Washington State. I do think because a lot of these guys got recruited by USC, they have a couple coaches with USC ties. They are not going to lose focus, and they still remember that game in the Coliseum that they should have won last year. Oh, that was oh. that was a heartbreaker. You just, you just brought back a painful, yeah, painful that memory. Was, that was a heartbreaker, a game they should have won. But Rashad White, I think, is going to be back healthy this week, and that is going to be huge. I like the Sun Devils to get the ground game going, and I think they'll actually cover. Since right. we've been in college, ASU has not beaten USC, and I think this is the week they get it done. What it all comes down to, though, for me, is that I'm giving ASU the benefit of the doubt. They've played probably the worst six quarters of football I've ever seen over the past three weeks. And so really? I've got ASU pulling <laughs> off. Hawaii and you've been watching Hawaii football <laughs> this whole time? No, no, Hawaii, no. Yeah, ASU's worse. Uh, ASU, I think, will win this. USC had a close win over U of A as well a little bit. And so I'm taking ASU to get that little bounce back. Yeah, you know, this is a game where it makes sense uh, for ASU to be favored. It makes sense for ASU to win. USC played close versus Arizona. But I think that's an Arizona team that has actually genuinely played decent football over the past few games. And uh, as, I, as much as I want to pick Arizona State in this game, after watching that product on the field, I've got to see something before I pick the Devils again. Wow. I'm picking USC in this game. but I Devils, go out there and prove me wrong. But I've got USC... Uh, next, we've got Cal at Arizona. Boys, are we bearing down or is it go Bears? I think we've all learned our lesson. I think we've all picked <laughs> Arizona at least once this season and been Actually, burned. I haven't. You haven't? Oh, that's right. You picked I, NAU. I picked NAU. That was that was big. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer is what I do. Have any of us Cal. ever benefited from picking Arizona? I don't know. Is Colt, Colt might be picking Arizona? Uh, uh, no. Like oh, okay. I said <laughs> last week, I will never again pick U of A. Oh. So you can just circle Cal yeah, every whoever plays U of A forever, just circle the other team because I'll never pick them. And yeah. Bears three straight wins after this. They're kind of getting back in the bowl game. Mix. Uh, they, I think they've got potential to do some stuff because they get USC later too. They've got a UCLA game. UCLA is kind of sputtering. They could win six, seven games. Like they could actually do something with their season. And then so. Stanford, who's very big. yeah. So they've got a very winnable schedule down the stretch. 
Next game, number seven, Oregon. Actually, they're not number seven anymore. They're number four, thanks to the playoff <laughs> rankings. But number four, Oregon at Washington. Boys, this is a trap game for the Ducks. Will the Duckies get caught in the Husky trap, Colt? Uh, I don't think the Duckies get caught. I think they'll, you know, swim their way out of it. I actually got Oregon hammering Washington in this game. I think Oregon's going to prove that they should be in that top four like they are. Aiden? Yeah, I Ducks are going to waddle all over the Huskies. I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to say that forever. You could hear me contemplate if I should break it out. I don't know why. They should, that, that should be their slogan, like waddle on or something. Waddle you know? on. <laughs> no, yeah. I, th- I think Oregon has everything to play for, and I actually think we're going to see some of the best football from the Ducks down the stretch. And like you mentioned, Anthony Brown is improving. And the Ducks are getting healthy, so I I just don't see Washington competing here. Yeah, you talk about that awakening that happened in the Rose Bowl for the Ducks. Uh, I think they are going to hammer Washington. Washington probably feeling pretty good. They just won a pretty good game on the road versus Stanford, but uh, I think they're about to get hammered in this game, and and the Ducks are going to waddle all over the place. (laughs) Um, Anyways, buys this week for Washington State and UCLA. Uh, Needed for UCLA. For Washington State, maybe you don't want to buy. You're playing pretty good right now. Um, but let's jump to Hayden's quarter for what I know is about to be some entertaining Hayden's haters. All right, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. When I, when I take that deep breath, you know it's, it's going to be. Okay. It's been a decade of mediocrity for ASU football. And actually, it's been a, it's been a, a mediocre existence since the 1970s and then a few occasions in the 90s, 80s, and then a couple years with Todd Graham. This team was supposed to be different. This was supposed to be the team that broke us from that cycle and was supposed to take us to these levels that we haven't seen since Jake Plummer and Pat Tillman and all those guys were here. Even after a harrowing loss to BYU, you kind of got the sense like, okay, after they beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl and then followed it up with a good performance against Stanford, you're thinking, all right, you know, this team's team's going to do some things. And then... I think what should have been an unsurprising result, they lost to Washington State. Uh, well, they lost to Utah as the number 18 team in the country, and then they followed that up with a putrid performance against Washington State. Let's, let's go back in time. Let's take a little walk through history here. 2011, ASU sitting at 6-2, ranked number 18 in the country, in prime position to win the inaugural Pac-12 South title with USC out because of suspension. Yeah. They're, like I said, 6-2, six 6-7. And six and is their final record. Oof. Lost mm. out. Dennis Erickson gets fired. Fast forward to 2016. ASU sitting at 5-1. and one, A little surprising. Coming off a huge win at home over UCLA. Zane Gonzalez broke the single career kicking record or whatever it was. Good for him. Final record? 5-7. and seven, And they lost to a 2-9 and nine Arizona team by 21 points. How oh, about that Todd Graham? And the <sighs> worst performance. Probably the game that got Todd Graham fired even though he coached another season after that. Yeah. Enter Herm Edwards, 2019, Sun Devils, 5-1, and one, number 18 in the country. Guess what? They go to Utah and lose. Get Beat Washington State, but then they get absolutely crapped on by UCLA <laughs> in the Rose Bowl, a game we were all at. Yeah. We were all at that game, and that was, I thought at the time that was the worst performance, and uh, I'll, I'll say a great win against Oregon really bailed that season out. They went eight and five, but really could have gone seven and six, and people wouldn't have been happy. Yeah. And then here we are in 2021. Guess what? ASU is five and one, ranked number 18. Head to Utah, lose, follow that up with a bad loss to Wazoo. It's like deja vu, it's man. It's like deja vu. History would indicate we're in for another Sun Bowl, another disappointing season, probably a new head coach, 
And they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And for that reason, being an ASU fan Isn't... makes you just a little crazy. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, it's a painful existence. Maybe we went out. Maybe we went out. I, <laughs> I've, I doubt it. Probably not. All right, let's jump ahead. Let's go to some fact or fiction. Um, I've, got a, I've got a good one today, boys. Um, it's the first best part one. of the show. Fact or fiction, punting is a valid play in football. Punting. What do you mean valid? Just I just need like to hear your take. the punt is a play. The punt is a valid play that should be utilized when necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. Okay, yeah. I only say that because Presbyterian, who has Kevin Kelly as their head coach, the coach that never punts, they have lost six straight games while allowing 61.3 points per game. So, oh, no! Uh, fact or fiction, Kevin <laughs> Kelly should get fired? No, because I want to see how bad it gets. <laughs> fiction. Yeah, he should be fired. You're dumb. <laughs> Cole just looks absolutely dumbfounded over there. Kevin Kelly is like, if Todd Graham... Ran an offense too because <laughs> we're on like, a six game we're losing streak. Sell out. Six game losing streak. We don't punt. I wonder why. <laughs> exactly, but he's got to stick to it now because if he stops, everyone's gonna roast him even more. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, win a game. Fact or fiction? Gary Patterson was an overrated head coach. Fiction. fiction. No. Fiction. Okay. Let's. Why is that fiction? He built a program. He built TCU from just a minimal small school in Texas to one of the dominant teams, I'd say in Texas over the last decade. And they've fallen on hard times, but that's that's the definition of building something from the ground up. Yeah. TCU should be GPU. It should be Gary Patterson University. He's the whole reason why that program is even known by everyone in the football world. He built that from, I believe, the Conference USA to the Mountain West, all the way to the Big 12. That is totally props to Gary Patterson, and he got absolutely disrespected by being fired 20 years in. Yeah. Did, did he fire, get fired or did I he retire maybe he, or quit? Mm, was mutually it like sketchy? parted ways. Okay, fair enough. Okay, you guys are strapped in for this one. So, Texas special teams assistant Jeff Banks, right? That's, he's, I know this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His girlfriend, Danielle, um, she's an ex-stripper. She owns a, a monkey named Gia, and on Halloween... Gia bit a trick-or-treater, um, and so it created this huge controversy, and Jeff Banks is a candidate for the Washington State, State head coaching job, so it's being labeled as Monkeygate. Is <laughs> Factor fiction, is Monkeygate the weirdest college football story in recent memory? Yeah, fact. Um, well, they, they can't handle any controversy, no matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nugget about the wife being a stripper. I, I just I'm trying to figure out how that applies to I the story. Said, I thought you said an extrovert at first. No, she's an ex stripper. Um, that's what it was in the headline. So this I, is a Pacific oh, POV no, the reason, after dark, ladies and gentlemen. The reason her being an ex hold on, let me look up Monkey Gate real quick. <laughs> there, there was a reason that that was worth mentioning. She had some stripper name that was hilarious. It was like Pole Crusher or something like that. I oh, let me find it. Pole Assassin. Her name was Pole Assassin. Pole Assassin. Yeah, so her oh and I think God. Gia, I think when she was a stripper, Gia helped her somehow. What? Gia was like part of the I act. mean, imagine going to this, right? I got. I would have major questions about Jeff Banks after this. I, I would, his decision making. I mean, imagine throwing dollars. That's the special teams coordinator. You're like, what, what, what are we doing? Imagine what are we throwing doing? dollars at a monkey. <laughs> the monkey runs out on the field. No, Gia... Gia the monkey has to make an appearance. Maybe he gets offered the Washington State job. He should. Oh, man. It'd be better than, uh, Holy than cow. Rolovich. Anyways, 
Fact or fiction? That was that was a shot. Damn. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard. Gary Patterson met with his assistant coaches the day after he parted ways with TCU to plan the game plan for Baylor. Fact or fiction? That's a cool move by Gary Patterson. Fact. Is he giving the plays to the TCU coaches? He was just staff? game planning. Or is he just going off on the side like this is what I would have done? So when you guys get clapped this weekend and lose, I, I think, this is why you lost. I think it's a case of hey, let me be Baylor one more time. You know, let me Absolutely. hand those Bears another L. See, look at that. He's still so loyal to that program, and the fact that there was any controversy on whether or not he should be out or not is ridiculous. Somewhat out of pocket. TCU owes that man everything. Wow, Cole, that's very passionate over there. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be maybe Patterson to Hawaii. Let's do it. Seriously, <laughs> let's do it. I would love a guy that's that Cole, loyal. Cole, about you the have program. ten seconds to preach why he should come to Hawaii. Go. Okay, because he's a bajillion times more loyal than Todd Graham, and he has success bringing a Group of Five program into the limelight. Why should he go to Hawaii though? Because it's beautiful weather, okay, tropical <laughs> paradise, the best beaches in the world, best food, book it. All right. I Hear think... me out, Urban Meyer to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm telling you, Nick Saban? Bro, you want to retire? <laughs> you you want to retire in paradise? Can you imagine Nick Come Saban just taking a little retirement job? Ooh, like, what's going on? All right, fact or fiction, Clay Helton to Georgia Southern is a good hire. I guess. Uh, how much better are they going to do? I mean, yeah, fact. fact He'll bolt in like three years. You think, yeah, he's just, it's kind of like a, tra- it's like a Todd Graham style, yeah. uh, let me get back. That Lane Kiffin at FAU, same thing. Yeah, but Lane Kiffin at least made F- FAU like, he made good. them good. He, he made, made them, them good. Relevant. And yeah. he brought the hype to FAU. The Lane the Train. The Train. He brought the Lane Train. And he train. went through the Nick Saban coaching rehab thing yes, sir. at Alabama. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. That's, a lot of people have done it. All right, here we go. Hear me out. Okay. Jimmy Lake, there was a lot of weird headlines. Jimmy Lake was quoted this weekend saying that Oregon and Washington State are not rivals of Washington because they don't have the same academic prowess as Washington. So fact or fiction, should academics factor in to whether or not it's a rivalry? No. Fiction. (laughs) Not at all. What are you talking about, Jimmy? This is another reason why he should be fired. What? Like, what is that take? Like, no, we don't consider them rivals. And you're in a position... (laughs) <laughs> Where you might lose to both teams. Like, what are you, Jimmy? That's such, that's such a random take. <laughs> that's so random. He was like, he said like Notre Dame and like Duke oh, were like their real rivals. Stop it. Oh yeah, Duke, Washington, dude. I can't wait for that one next <laughs> year. So who's so our hard. rivals? Stanford and Harvard? Because we're like number one in innovation? <laughs> that's oh, all we're okay. competing yo, yo, hear me out. MIT needs to be the game <laughs> yes. at the end of yeah. every season. <laughs> all right. Fact or fiction? No fans in the stands has adversely affected Hawaii's season. So you're saying like no fans has affected them? Yeah, it's it's it it has affected them okay, poorly. Yeah. Fact. I would say fact too. I mean, Hawaii has a fan base now that's on campus, and you can finally get the students to go to the games. And in the first season that it's possible, they can't go. And so yeah, that's why they've lost all the games that they've lost. Even the road UCLA game is because Hawaii didn't have fans at home. Even though it was a week zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fact or fiction. Recruiting is not important during the regular season. Fiction. Oh, that's so fiction. Look at Arch Manning. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw. The reason that comes up is because Dan Mullen in an interview this last weekend said that they'll worry about recruiting after the season, after their loss in the press oh my box. So, uh, <laughs> and then somebody pointed out that early signing day is two days before the first bowl game starts. So you have to recruit in the regular season. Because early signing day is right there. 
Wow. Well, so that, Florida's going to suck in the future. <laughs> Dan Mullen. How uh, can you make that comment? Yeah, I mean, he, that's so... he might be dipping soon. Um, it was Imagine pretty... if you're a recruit that's looking at going to Florida right now. He's like, like oh, He's basically saying Heather. you're not important right now. Yeah. But uh, anyways, fact or fiction, Wake Forest is the most fun undefeated team left. Um, fiction, give me UTSA. UTSA is the fun. I figured that one could yeah, win. Yeah, I'm going to agree. UTSA. Okay. But two for two. I thought maybe a Michigan State pick something. Anyways, I already gave a Hawaii one, but let's go two. Holy Factor cow. fiction, UCLA has had a better home field advantage than Hawaii this season. Fact. Yeah, it's fact. They got at least some people in there. Okay, how about overall within like the last three years? I wouldn't be able to speak to that. Um, You know, Hawaii fans, it's kind of been on the downward trend. But we went to the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl is kind of sad. The, Ro- the Rose sad. Bowl yeah. is sad, but, man, Hawaii has kind of tapered off. Hawaii has this thing where we don't start undefeated. It's like, okay, it's not 2007, so we don't care. <laughs> they just come to the first game. They're, like, just checking in to see how things are going. <laughs> That's what these, it is. these guys don't even look good. I'm leaving. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why you saw so much weight on me when we played UCLA. It's like, oh, my gosh, is it 2007 or is it not? That's what it is. Fair enough. I mean, uh, that's all for fact or fiction. <laughs> that was probably um, the best fact or fiction of all time. All right. Because there were it. two Hawaii's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. Uh, we are going to go into our spelling or, game. Yeah, something hard, but something you can spell. I can spell anything. Except the Jornamento. Anyways, uh, Hayden, why don't you get it started here? We're back with the soundbite for the spelling game. It feels good. We got our first repeat name from uh, the OG season. (gasps) Oh, I thought you meant from this season. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he had it in the bag. He's like, yes. Actually, I was concerned I would get it wrong. (laughs) What is it, four times? Because I get two tries. Okay, here we go. This was a fan favorite. USC tight end, Eric Cromenhoek. Oh, yes. Eric Eric Cromenhoek. Come on, Colt. Okay, Eric. E. R. I. See incorrect. Uh, this game, this name was made for this game. E R I, K. That's Eric. Okay, that's Eric. Okay, <laughs> okay. Eric. Chrome, cool. You gotta get through Chrome and Hoke. Chrome and Hoke. Chrome and Hoke. C. Incorrect. Uh, no, I knew that was gonna happen. All right, here we go. Eric Chrome and Hoke. K R O M M E N H O E K. That is brutal. Oh that my is, goodness. I don't think Jared got through the first name. <laughs> no, I don't time. think he did. I think he's like he's like Q E-R-I-Q. in there. Q. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, Cole. Here we go. We got another. I always pick the freshman. I don't know why. It's a DB from Washington. Yikes. K. Uh, pause. All right. Kason. Are you ready, Cole? Kason Kinchin. Kason Kitchen. Kinchin. Kinchin. Kason Kinchin. K. Yep. A. Yep. Y. Incorrect. I'm surprised you got that K. Good job. But the Y was incorrect. K A C <laughs> No incorrect. K A S E N and then Kinchin is K I N C H E N. Colt, how did you follow the back? Kason? Kason? Without a C or a Y? Yeah, no, you just I, I honestly expected you to get that one, but uh Oof. how do you spell Kinchin? K I N C H E N. Kinchin. Oh, it's not even C-H-I-N. Wow. I would have fumbled that one, too. Yeah, I figured you would. But uh, tough L. Uh, Colt goes over two again. Colt. I'm like one I ten think... and a Mickey Mouse. All right. The people are demanding answers, Colt. What do you have to say to them, people that are rooting for you out there? Uh, you know, it's just been a tough stretch lately. Um, 
these names are just getting progressively harder and harder, and I'm still trying to, like, get the easy ones. You know, lately it's been the first names that are stumbling me up. You know, I kind of had a streak where I'd be getting through the first names, and the last names would be the, the hard part. It's actually just the regular names that are tough now. All right. Well, you know, thanks for those words of inspiration, Colt. Uh, we look forward to <laughs> another O for two next week. <laughs> we got the Southern Conference this year? Or the this SoCon, week? yeah. The SoCon. All right. Who's All right. in this SoCon? This is like the most so adorable <laughs> conference Aww. ever. Okay, so we've got the Chattanooga Mox, which is a mockingbird. I don't know why you couldn't just... Wait. Okay. <laughs> why mox, mox sounds cooler, to be fair. Okay. Mox sounds cooler. Mox. Let's go Mockingbird. The Mox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got the ETSU Buccaneers. Their mascot is a pirate, formerly Pepper the Parrot. They, 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 sw- they switched over to the pirate. What the heck is going on Pepper. in that conference? The Furman Paladins, which is a medieval knight. The Mercer Bears, the Sanford Bulldogs, the Citadel Bulldogs. Oh, the VMI Cadets, their mascot is Mo the Kangaroo. Uh, the Western Carolina Catamounts, which is a bobcat. And then the Woofer Terriers, which it's specifically a Boston Terrier. All right, you know what we do here. Bulldogs, it's a bunch of Bulldogs cancel out. Bye bye, Bulldogs. This is the right? softest conference yeah. okay. ever. So, I mean, it's the, a pillow fight. The ones that stand out clearly are Buccaneers and Paladins. Mm-hmm. So, if we're sending three out, I think those two, like, just SEC auto bits <laughs> the top two, right? Right. So, um, you've got a Mockingbird. Well, the, the bear. Ca- the kangaroo, though. Oh, wait, there's a bear? There okay, is a wait, bear put, in the, there. put the paladins and buccaneers back. I'm not done. What with about them. that kangaroo? So we got it down to three. I know, wait, right? who's the kangaroo? Mo. Uh, but what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mo! Oh, why didn't you just say so? I... Mo! What school? VMI. Cl- classic. Who's Mo. VMI? The, key the Virginia Military Institute. Oh, yes. It's kind of weird that. That's Why a, is a kangaroo that's a team. the mascot? Yeah, you've got the midshipmen, the black knights, the uh, falcons, and the kangaroos. It's weird. Like <laughs> I, all these military academies. Oh well. What? Oh my gosh. Right, can we get can we can we get this? A Here, visual get this of the there? kangaroo. Here, look at the visual on the kangaroo, everyone. Well, everyone that's well, on how are they gonna see YouTube. This? Oh my goodness, that's horrifying! I can see it from oh, over here. No one, everyone who's listening doesn't. Eat. Let me describe it to you. Just kidding. I didn't even see it. Um. So what are we down? Bulldogs canceled each other. We haven't eliminated anyone. This is our worst performance yet. Okay. Okay. So if we're pick, if we're getting it down to three, right? We get it down to three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You figure one of the pi- the pirate is gonna face the knight, and I think you gotta take the knight, and I think the knight goes. Really? On. Yeah. You're taking the knight over the pirate. The pirate has a gun. Um. But the knight That's has true. armor. They have armor. Well, yeah, but armor. Think of armor, bro. Armor okay. wasn't built for gunpowder and gun. Unless the knight was very agile. How old is this knight? Because maybe the technology is not as good. But what is a paladin specifically? Is it related me. to Padme from um, uh, Star Wars. The paladin is no. How's okay, that? the the paladin looks pretty op. <laughs> okay, I'll look him up. I'll look him up. Um, what, what would you say? I think that looks pretty. That looks pretty op. Oh, bro, that one looks kind of. Bad, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, fine. He's, All right, so the paladin yeah, gotta yeah. gotta move on. He takes here. out the buccaneer, and then there's a catamount, um, which is a bobcat. Can we keep the kangaroo in? Get rid of the catamount. Cause the catamount. Well, it's kind of a fun name though. The bear gets the gets the catamount though. Okay, terrier versus there's bear. There's like a hundred bears. Yeah, but you gotta yeah. respect. What's a mock again? I don't. A mockingbird. No, mockingbird. The mockingbird mocks the bear, and the bear gets embarrassed and rolls over and dies. <laughs> <laughs> what about well, the kangaroo? The mockingbird has to have some, like, ability that helps it out here, right? Yeah. The bear roars, and, like, the, bear, the, the mockingbird, like, kind of roars back and, like, 
the bear gets self-conscious and, like, decides to leave. That's why it's a mockingbird. Yeah, and then the buccaneer. So it's the buccaneer, the mockingbird, and then uh, whoever else. Okay, this mockingbird looks like... Kind of like Low a jerk, key bro. OP. Right? He's probably Here, a complete, like, jerk. Yeah. He's going to mock you. Yeah! That guy is... Yes! That is one of the best That, that is a guy bird. that can bully a bear into <laughs> just leaving the fight. I think I think you've got to go Mockingbird, you've got to go Buccaneer, and then what do we even have left? Terriers and Kedets? Cadets? Kangaroo? Ah. Uh, kangaroos and Terriers. Uh, kangaroos can box. Yeah, get the terrier out of here. And so, there's like two because they can hold like one in their the, pouch. There's the video where the guy has to punch the yeah. kangaroo so it lets like go of the dog. That was dog. it beating the terrier. Yeah. So, okay, let's do it. We got kangaroos, mockingbirds, and buccaneers, baby. Wait, let's wait, go. no, you mean paladins, right? Oh, because yeah, we no, decided the paladins, the paladins would okay. win. You're right. right. So that is the most unique final three we've ever had. Um, I think we're going to start reposting those systematically throughout the week. Every conference is final three and two okay. to get a definitive answer. Because, you, know, you know, the other polls were a little sketchy uh, when we account for half the vote. But on Instagram, we get a little more exposure. It's a word from our graphics team right there, yeah. everyone. <laughs> uh, we need yeah. to get our Twitter following up, man. Uh, we do, we do. Uh, but Instagram's picking up. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll continue to push it out there. But, boys, oh, we have an outro now. So let's, let's do our Michael Scott outro for the first time uh, in the uh, second half of this season. As I get it queued up here. Bear with me. Here it is. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. All right, boys. Week 11. What are your thoughts heading into this week? University of Hawaii is going to play San Diego State this weekend for the chance to upset two teams this year that were in the top 25. Fresno State's still ranked in there. And so that honestly makes Hawaii look really good. I'm really stoked for Hawaii uh, to get this opportunity this weekend, especially because home fans are back. Hayden? I'm going to bring back one from the dead. I'm going to do a little guess and a gander here. Uh, oh. I'm going to do a little little gander. I'm going to say, will Jaden Daniels actually show up to, to, uh, against USC? I think he looked a little uninspired like the rest of the team, and I think that might have led to some things. He played one of his worst games at ASU so far. Will Jaden Daniels actually show up and looks like he cares? And I'm going to guess that USC scores under 20 points. Wow. I think ASU's defense defense looks good. We're going to get that running game going, like I said. We're going to rush for like 200 yards. Easy win. We're right back in the thick of things, especially if Stanford hangs on to be too tough. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm excited for this week. I've been waiting for a chaotic week for a while. I feel like this could be it. This could be an upset-filled chaotic week. I'm ready for it. Let's go Devils. Let's hope it's a game where we can stay past the second quarter and it's still a watchable football game. So if that's all we got, yep. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Amadova. And with that, we wave goodbye.